And welcome. Welcome. To Road Sodas. I am roughly 33% of your hosts, Ben Warden. And I'm the uh, other 66 and two-thirds. Roughly. Roughly, yeah. R- roughly 66 and two-thirds of, of your hosts of of Jimbo Shaw. Now, right up top, Jimbo, I got a joke for you. Oh, yeah? Lay it on me. Knock, knock. Who's there? I'm drunk. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, gets me every time. <laughs> you never see it coming, either. That's the best part. It's a classic bit. Uh-huh. Now. The lovely and fantastical Reagan, who is also the lovely and fantastical wife of me, uh, decided, how about an Oktoberfest gathering in the backyard? That's socially mm-hmm. acceptable. You get a grill going. She made some pretzels from scratch, which she'd never done before. And I helped. I rolled like three of them out of like the 30. Ha Then I went to the store and bought beer, which is more my beer and uh, encased meats. I mean, no offense, man, but like you, you do have some like pretty heavy Germanic heritage, and you're from like the the mid Atlantic, so you should know how to roll a pretzel. Oh, not only did I roll them, I did the toss and flip, the one move where they slap down and they're instantly a pretzel. Oh, nice! It, I mean, you know, it's in the genes. Yeah, you got to know how to drag that top because that top ends up becoming the bottom, big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we had a few people over, and I had the moss, uh, you know, the moss glass out, and uh, I had uh, about three of them really before I had a full meal, which uh, that's that's the best base. It's about for- three liters of beer for those keeping score at home, and it's quite a bit. I mean, it wasn't I wasn't pounding them, but it's substantial and. And yeah, I mean, liter is French for give me some cola. Give me some goddamn cola. I'm kind of shocked that I'm not watching Beer Fest at this moment because Reagan also made a, a beer cheese dip. Nice. I mean, we're we're fucking in it. And uh, I'm guessing you didn't use the the cheese whiz or the easy cheese for for your cheese dip. No, I actually that was another thing I helped with. I grated some New York cheddar. All right. Okay. Yeah. Turned out really well. Damn that the cheddar went on a road trip, huh? Big time. It went all the way to San Francisco, and it was like, surely I've ended my journey here at San Francisco. Huh? No, 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 Cheddar. You're on your way to Bavaria. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Oktoberfest that you wanted to recreate was Bavarian style? Eh, I mean, it's we were doing Oktoberfest in October, which is already inaccurate. So yeah, it was more just you- like, let's do it American style. Good. Which really just means let's drink some beer and listen to some vaguely Germanic music. Okay. You listen to that new Ramstein? I was good before you before you ask, we didn't listen to any craft work or Ramstein. Uh, uh Herzgelide? Yeah. No, none of that. Okay. That sucks. I'm sorry. Hasselhoff? No. One guy came over just Mike fellow. One guy came over and just put on like German marching music and it was just kind of like do do we want this? Is this what we're at? I mean, he didn't mean to play Germanic imperialism, but he found a Spotify Germanic imperialism soundtrack. 
Yeah, the the old the old Second Reich soundtrack. Yeah, and it was like maybe not this. And then we found a bunch of songs that were just about beer and had a fucking squeeze box going in the background. It was like, yes, that's mm-hmm. that's what we're after. Yeah, you need that you need to that line between like polka and and folk, but jolly. Folka. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Jolly folka. Yeah. A lot of knee slapping, calf slapping. The kind of thing you can picture an old man absolutely pounding a beer to, not in a competitive way, just in like a, well, here goes this kind of a way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's the stuff. Well, I'm I'm proud of you. We we did not do that here today. What did you guys do today? Uh, watched NFL Red Zone for like seven hours. Now the red zone. What? What? Uh, how's that different from other types of zones? So the red zone is is not colored like the other zones. It is it is in fact like a a shade of crimson. And what it does is it plays plays the games when when they get to good like scoring opportunities. It switches games. The best part about it though is like sometimes there's like eight games at once. And especially if all the one o'clock games start at the same time, they're just like, well, we're going to the Octo box. And they just put eight screens on your one screen. And it's like Octo box. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Well, he he has all of the prefixes like no. And he's like, yeah, we got to go to the quad box now. All right. Switching switching over to the tri box. The the du- double box, I think, is what they call it. But I haven't heard him say like hepto box or, or sexto box. What about a Hexbox 360? You know, I I could use one of those. Yeah, it's right I, there. I haven't haven't heard it. Yeah, and uh, the host the the host guy he's he stands on his feet for for these six or six and a half hours, and I have to assume he's wearing an adult diaper because I don't think you know, I don't, I don't think anybody can guarantee you know like stressful work. For for six hours yeah. straight, yeah. Every now and then you'll you'll lose track of him for like a minute and a half, and it's like okay, that was him. That was him pissing in the jug. My dude's lighter, lighter weight now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, you know it. It kind of sucks when when you're in like the four o'clock hour and there's only three games going on because it's like, well, both of the two of the games are on TV. We can just flip back and forth. We could have saved up some of the previous games. Ideally, yes. So yeah, it was our own Oktoberfest, I guess. We were celebrating football. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the most beautiful days of the fall, probably one of the last beautiful days of the year. And we chose to spend it inside, like a bunch of assholes. Hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Speaking of some of the last days of fall, we're going to get into correspondence. Which is the segment of the show where Jimbo and I read an email that we sent to each other in the past, a, a message of some kind, typically written in odd prose, where uh, we read the message that the other one sent. So I, I'll be reading the email that Jimbo sent to me, and he'll be reading the the response that he sent. Yeah, I will be I will be reading first in this one because this is uh this is your you know kind of salutations and a little little bit of. Background here. Uh, this is this is kind of a, a wedding prep email. Yes, which uh, well, this will tie into the segment at the end. But this is because we're recording this right after the wedding anniversary. Yeah, good old paper anniversary. Good job, guys. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So 
the title of or the the subject line of this one is uh ground sausage, whole milk, flour, and black pepper. And it was dated September 17th, 2019. My supreme beef companion. We've been nailing down the final and intentionally informal plans for the wedding. Reagan will be getting ready at the place that I sleep, so I will need another place to quote-unquote get ready, in parentheses, read, drink beer, put on a suit in 10 minutes. Uncle Stakes was kind enough to offer his domicile, but considering that damn near everyone I want to get ready with is at your place, I wondered if I could invite myself and my suit and possibly Tim and Gary over there for that morning. Then we'll just meander on over and do the damn thing. I'll also need some help moving some benches and such from a U-Haul about 100 feet to the ceremony spot. On an unrelated note, we were at a wedding in Brooklyn this weekend, and in our usual tradition, Reagan went to a yoga class one morning while I sought out a delicious sandwich. My target this time was a Philly-style roast pork sandwich from Fedorov's, and it did not disappoint. Perhaps too much broccoli rob, but I just dumped off the extra. It came on an Amoroso roll with a pork au jus situation, and all in all, I give it a 9 out of 10. I guess Action Bronson has his own signature fries there, but I did not get those because being fat does not mean you know how to make good food. Doubly unrelated, now I've been to a driving range twice, and both times I broke the head off of someone's driver without making contact with the ground. Fuck golf. Yours in pork juice, Beneford Carlisle Wardenowitz, Sasquatch Attorney at Law. P.S. I forgot if I told you, but the Meat Puppets are playing that free concert across the street from me on the Sunday after the wedding. Whew. Yeah, that's got some references in there. Yeah, some deep cuts, man. So the golf thing I can handle real quick. Two times, same guy both times. One time was at a, an indoor driving range. The other time was at an outdoor driving range. Uh, he let me borrow his club for the outdoor one and the indoor one. It was part of his buildings clubs. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I snapped two two golf clubs right above the the head assuming that's what it's called uh without hitting the ground it was it'd be one thing if i hit the ground and snapped them and then it's like okay i'm just bad at this but the other thing is when i was making contact with the ball it's not like it was going super goddamn far it, i mean i think i was doing at best okay but i did manage to break two golf clubs on my two outings doing this Sounds like the golf clubs are pretty weak, man. Or you're just too strong. You're like, you know, you, you just shouldn't have been unleashed on a golf course at this advanced age. It could be that. <laughs> it's something you need to grow up around and just... Yeah. Luckily, you address it in your response, which was sent, I believe, three days later, entitled... Uh, it didn't have a different title, actually. It just goes as thusly. Prime Pork Partner. Getting ready at my place is kind of a tradition... When I'm in the wedding party, my cousin Mike drank a Bud Light and some Jack Daniels in my shitty hotel room while waiting for the nicest limo we had ever seen back in 2011. Nick Morgan and his high school friends drank a full bottle of Jim Beam while watching a cops marathon in my shitty hotel room back in 2014. And although it was his house, Josh Hill got ready in the quote guest bathroom, which I was using and slugged some yinglings in the shower back in 2018. So, of course, you and whoever you deem acceptable is welcome to our shitty Airbnb. 
I think Eric D. was trying to get a place nearby, but we'll see. That'll put the current roster at 8.6 to 11.6 persons. We'll have one toilet, one shower, one bidet, and one clavier. I will ask that you be accommodating and respectful to our lady friends, Joan and Lauren's bathroom, makeup, stupid needs, since I don't think they would enjoy the femininity of your apartment on that particular morning. Of those 8.6 minimum individuals, at least five will be nicely dressed dudes who I can shame into helping you with your U-hauling needs. I fail to see how sandwiches on Amoroso-style rolls is unrelated. I would stay away from golf and golf-related activities, even if you are just trying to fit in. Those people are not our people. I will be able to attend some of your barbecue, but I think any festival going and meat puppets is out for me as my flight departs at 1600 hours. However, it is a United Airlines flight, so I may be stuck indefinitely. Simmeringly yours, Archduke James Ferdinand Calvin Louis Joe Estelle America Shaw. Our residence for two nights will be an address in Frisco. Two and a half miles to the commissary. Very fair prices when it comes to bread. 3.1 miles to your Brazilian shirtless dance fight on Friday. And 4.9 miles to your abode. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was on the, the precipice of a very, very, very fun party that you guys had. Yeah, that ended up being. Uh, I mean, it was the, that was the goal of the wedding was to be a, a party that for some reason we dressed up and invited our parents to, and mm-hmm. I think I think that goal was reached. Oh yeah, definitely. And the apartment you rented is still one that is talked about amongst the group. Tim and Gary did come over for the getting ready along with myself, and uh, for those who don't live in San Francisco, which is probably most people listening to this. It was in one of the fancier neighborhoods, which in San Francisco really speaks volumes. And so when you got there, you entered through the garage and then you had to go up through an elevator in the house. This was not a hotel. This was a private residence with an elevator. And then you got in that elevator and then roughly seven minutes later, you were on the fourth or fifth floor. I forget which floor it was. The top floor, though, yeah. It was the top floor, but it took, like, no exaggeration over five minutes. Yeah, like a minute per floor. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, okay, sure, I guess ele- elevators are luxurious. They, they they make it easier to travel from floor to floor, of course. You don't have to expend any energy. But I got shit to do, and it took a tremendous amount of time. That being said, once you got to that top floor, ooh, what a nice place it was. Ooh. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, I mean, like, I walk up two flights of stairs just to get home anyway. And that's after walking up the front steps and a hill uh, that leads up to the apartment. I mean, I know San Francisco has its hills, but still, yeah. Like, I could run up those five stairs, sweat and be done sweating. Like, be unexhausted (laughs) in the time it takes to go up in that elevator. Absolutely. But it's probably one of those things where it's like they don't want just any jag off putting a fucking elevator in their apartment building just because they're fucking lazy. So they make it that slow so you can't hurt yourself on it. Yeah. And we'll probably end up doing one of these on – we're definitely doing one on the bachelor party. But we'll probably end up doing one of these on the wedding. But basically the morning of 
we had friends in town that were flying in with a kid from Italy. So we were letting them stay at our apartment and Reagan and I were staying at the apartment that was right next to the venue that the wedding was at the night before we stayed there the night before as well. And so that's where she was getting ready. So I just kind of bailed and headed over to your place. Yeah. The beer cave. Yeah. Or the, the, the beer attic, I guess. And Joan and Lauren provided some delicious snacks and then left. I actually, you know, barely saw them beforehand, which was, I mean, it was, it was downright del- honorable. It was, I mean, it was delightful for them to drop off some sandwiches. They didn't, they didn't, you know, I think they both knew they didn't need to bail, but it was, I mean, t- to just give some sandwiches and go, that was, that was a wonderful little treat. And then mm-hmm. we all hung out and I got to, uh, I got to spend time not just in my own underwear, but in my underwear around a bunch of my closest friends in their underwear. And that's that's something not every man gets to do in his 30s. Yeah, I know. And, you know, not every group of friends is just going to be that willing to underwear. Yeah. Wiggles decided that the thing we really all needed to watch was some anime pre-wedding. Because, sure, I don't know. Why not? It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I got another another couple of those, or at least one coming up th- in, the, in the next calendar year. Yeah. Well, speaking of good times, we're going to lead that right in to the main soda for this week, which is going to be basically part two to the previous one. The same soda. Yeah, of an unknown amount of soda. This is a fountain soda where we can continually tap the cup to the give us some more juice button. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see what comes out. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't even think we, we really covered the kind of origin story of, of our, our friendship. I mean, we, we touched on that we were in fucking nerdy classes and, and shit. Yeah. But, yeah, man, in sixth grade, I guess my pediatrician noticed that my neck was, like, a little bit swollen. And so he he referred my mom to... A specialist who was like, "Oh yeah, you got you got something going on in your thyroid. That's all right. We'll we'll just nick that out of there." And you know, we had to see a bunch of specialists and make sure you know it, it wasn't going to kill me or anything, which it wasn't. And you know, it was the most doctors I had ever seen, but like, I you know, it didn't really affect me that much. The first weird thing that happened to me that was like doctor related with this though was one doctor like touched my junk. Mm. And I was, you know, I I was like 11, but I didn't really think anything of it because my mom was in the room. So, like, if she thought it was fine, I guess I guess it was fine. And, you know, your thyroid controls, like, hormones and, and how you're growing. So I guess that, you know, maybe that's that's a necessary check for a doctor. But it was still, like, you know, the seventh weirdest thing that happened to me that, that whole, like, fall of, of 99. And so, like, it didn't really get serious for me until, like, I think I was recovering. Like, they knocked me out, and I was under surgery for, I don't know, a while. Came out of it. Uh, Both my parents were happy. But then, like, the next day, like, I was in the hospital for a couple of days. But my pastor showed up and was just like, hey, I came to pray with you. And I was just like, what? Uh, I don't go to church. (laughs) Yeah. Why are you here? Go away. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to get out of here, like, tomorrow. I'm not dying. You're not a medical professional. 
Ah, but yeah, that that was kind of like the cloud that was weighing over me for like the very beginning of my high school career, or not high school, uh, middle school career. Yeah, and that's when I met you, was during that clouded era, and I very specifically remember... Now, the one thing that I don't specifically remember was the numbers that you gave, but you specifically said said something to the effect of the day before you were going to go in for your surgery or the day before the weekend, whatever it was, you said to me at the end of class, hey, I'm going in for surgery over the weekend and I have a 3% chance of dying. So if that happens, it's been great knowing you. <laughs> and that's the funniest thing that I've ever been told. <laughs> fucking ever maybe it was point three. it doesn't matter the fact that you were in sixth grade it was the beginning of sixth grade so you were 11 maybe 10 possibly 12 i don't care to do math right now because as previously stated i'm intoxicated mm-hmm. but a child told another child hey i'm fully aware that i might die whether or not they understood and digested that information. They they repeated the information they'd been told to another kid, and were like, "If this is it, it's not. It hasn't been a bad thing. Great work." <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't even think anybody ever actually fucking told me any numbers. I think I was just making shit up. Honestly, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it stands that that's. That's got to be one of the funniest things that's ever been told to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's nice that I came out of it and uh, we got to experience our our favorite comedian, you know, for the rest of our middle school careers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think that if that school is still standing, they definitely still have the same drop ceiling. And there's still probably a piece of, like, dried lettuce, I think, stuck to... To one of the tiles on that drop ceiling in the cafeteria. Courtesy of our man. There's no way there isn't. (laughs) Uh Yeah, well, you know, I I got a lot of stitches from that. And uh, I had like a bandage. So so the surgery was on on my neck, kind of like where where my t-shirt collar lies. And I had like bandages on it that I had to take off after a couple of weeks. And then the doctor was going to cut the stitches off. But one of my buddies, one of our buddies in in middle school, um, he's no longer with us. But like he he was he was a cool dude. Uh, he would always he would always like pull down his shirt and be like, "Yo, show me the carnage, show me the, show me the carnage, <laughs> show me the carnage." All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially once the bandages come off, but like the the stitches were still there. That that was that was right up his alley. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Well. You know, we I that wasn't the last surgery that I had, but it was definitely the first and definitely the the weirdest. Yeah, I mean, well, we both had some some injuries in sixth grade because that was I broke my arm in sixth grade, and I remember. Oh Ms. hell yeah! I remember in Miss Aspen's class, I broke my left arm. I'm left-handed, so it became this whole thing that I could not write, and so she, like she would try to help. I think I had her for homeroom, but we also had a class with her together. <laughs> I think, but it was just like, well, Ben just can't, we have a baby who can't write. So let's ignore, like, it was just sort of like, fuck it. Like, ignore it. Like, don't let him, don't let him skid by like on grades, but just like 
make him write with his right hand as much as possible. But if you can't, like, don't make him cry. That was sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> don't write F illegible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do remember that cast. I, I remember you, you talking to me about like, uh, when it came off too. That was that was that was a like one of those shocking tales that you hear that like you you just imagine what it's like because I didn't see it so I I'm just imagining what you're telling me and that still is stuck with me like that that thing that I imagined. What do you remember? Because I remember it clearly, but I want to hear what I what I passed on to you to to stain your brain. So it was it was about you know the the environment that the cast created because you had a forearm cast right. It it didn't go past the elbow. It did. It did. It did. It went up to my shoulder. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I could I not bend my arm. I did not realize that. That yeah. makes it even better because it, you know there's there's more to the story then. Yeah. Um, so you you warned me that like it was on for for what weeks? Six weeks. Six weeks. So over over a month. Yeah. And when you took it off and went went to shower, if I'm not mistaken, just uh, uh, you know the like a snake, you just you just peeled like your outer dermis. Yep, of of like that whole arm. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna happen to anybody getting a cast off that long. But yeah, it uh when the cast came off, uh, the hair on my arm had grown very long, which was I'm you know. In sixth grade, I'm I'm at the very beginnings of puberty, and Y'all so I, I'm finally developing the hair that would eventually encase my entire body. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, hair. See, finally a shout out for my body hair. And so the hair on that arm was quite long because normally your hair is kept in check by rubbing and breaking off against clothing and just the world around you and stuff like that. This did not have that, so it grew quite long. My elbow had been rubbed raw because of the uh, they they hadn't padded the cast correctly or something, and and yeah, the skin obviously doesn't wash off, and so I had like this arm that looked tan because of how gross it was. And uh, my my highlight of wearing the cast was because it was a ninety degree cast. Occasionally, I'd walk into the classroom, and it would get swollen because the circulation's odd, and so. I could lay it on the, or I'd, I'd prop the elbow on the desk with the hand vertical to let some stuff drain out of the hand. And so I'm doing that. <laughs> and one of our classmates came up and just punched the cast as hard as he could. <laughs> to, and, and called me a pussy while he did it. And he smashed his hand because casts are very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, like... Not in a tough guy way, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt me at all because it's there to protect the arm. I didn't even fucking feel it. But yeah. he was just like, God damn it, fuck my hand. Which <laughs> is very funny for yeah. a guy to just run up, call you a pussy, and then really fuck up his knuckles all on his own decision making. Yeah, just really confirm himself as a pussy. Yeah, what I remember when they cut it off was I, you know, my elbow had been bent at 90 degrees for, for six weeks, exactly 90 degrees. And then I, when they cut it off, it, it just, it just dropped because that's what arm, you know, your arm just, if you're not actively engaging it, your arm will fall because that's how gravity and mm-hmm. arms work. 
And I, I remember, like, my arm was kind of briefly stuck at a 90-degree angle, and I was I was upset because we were about to go down to Potnets, Delaware, and I was going to get to drive the golf carts for the first time because I was, I was 12. I was going to yeah. be 12, and I could drive the golf carts. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to drive these things if my dominant arm doesn't bend. God damn it. Little did you know you can palm with your non-dominant hand. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that at 12 I was the size of, uh, you know, several large men? I'm 36 feet tall. That's, yeah. I'm about 80, 80, uh, 85 kilos per hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of hogs heads in that body. 36 stone, I believe, is the... <laughs> but yeah, I also remember... Uh, we had like field days and shit. Do you remember gym class at all with fucking in, in fucking middle school? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not for like gym class related stuff. Uh I remember I remember uh one of the guys pantsing another guy in front of one of our friends, and that friend being horrified by by that sight. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> and he wasn't the same after that. I remember we went to Longwood Gardens. Yeah, on a was... field trip, I got a picture of us as fucking babies. On that trip, you're wearing an Eagles hat. Ah, uh, you a D hat, Eagles jacket, Eagles jacket. Okay, uh, and then uh, our buddy Brett is sitting on the bench with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, uh, that that was one of the nicer ones, honestly, yeah. of the field trips, because because that's like a palatial estate in the you know American style. Well, I don't know if you remember what happened to one of our classmates. Decide. Well, so my my mom volunteered to be a, a chaperone on this trip, and one of our classmates wanted to do the. You're running, and then you kick up a up a vertical wall and do a backflip, mm-hmm. kind of a move. And instead, he hit some ice and just cracked his skull open. And so my mom had to drive him to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was all excited to finally. She was like, well, you know, I've been doing the whole getting a PhD thing and being a single mom, and you've been having to come home and make macaroni and cheese for your sister for the past few years. I finally get to participate in some having kid chaperone type things. And immediately they were like, you used to work as a nurse. Take him to the hospital. And she was like, all right. And then just she just was not a chaperone for any of it and just had to deal with one of our friends trying to show off and cracking his head open. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, going back to gym class, honestly, man, you uh, know, the yeah, the two two kids pants in each other. That that one was a weird memory. But um I there was a kid who like after we had changed into our gym clothes, you know, so you don't have any of your possessions. He got like to the emergency exit door and just booked it. Like just <laughs> And the teacher was like, I let him go. I mean, like, <laughs> he's in, he's in like gym clothes that say the school, you know, and so it's not even... prison. Like, yeah. you are allowed to leave. The it's teacher just... was just like, I guess he had to go home. I don't know. Which is great because there's, there's only like two homes you could probably get to on foot as a child from that middle school. The rest is. It's a rough, that's a rough journey. Well, I mean, you know, you're in the appropriate running clothes. You got maximum flexibility and sweat wicking material. Uh, Do you ever run a mile, like timed mile before middle school? Only in middle school. That was the first one was in middle school. Okay, yeah. 
Same here. I mean, I remember doing like a 5K, but not well. Yeah, I remember doing it in middle school, and I remember thinking I would be the best at it and not being the best at it and being Mm -hmm. disappointed. Yeah, dude, I remember being like not good at it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I think uh, Ben Prettyman was was the guy who won. One of the many, many Bens that we attended school with. Yeah. Who who were not me. Yep. I'm only a handful of the Bens we attended school with. That's true. That I mean, I'm, I'm a lot of them, but I'm not most of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely not all of them. Certainly not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I was really good at gym class. Uh, you know, other other than like the, the PRs for the the timed mile. You know, I remember owning gym class. Well, we were so small that the miles, like, double that. Like, my stride then versus my stride as a fully grown adult. I mean, come on. Like, just physically, that's twice. That's that's a a huge difference. Well, also, nowadays, if somebody challenged me to run a mile, I'd say, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Just say, go ahead. (laughs) See him eight minutes later. Call the cops. I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, well, the biggest the biggest uh, thing we looked forward to, or most kids look forward to, was like the ball ball hockey, right? Broom ball. Oh yeah, broom ball. That's right. So for me, it was broom ball, which is usually a youth group related event, which was hockey on at an actual skating rink with brooms and volleyballs as the puck. But gym class in middle school would do a slightly watered down version of that. Which was just you know, on the on the gym floor. So like you know, basically a big basketball court, and it was the same, basically the same game. Although I guess sometimes they'd have us play a combination of soccer, hockey. What was that? I don't know, man. They had a couple of made up games. I remember one that had a dribble, but it was like handball. But there were also soccer rules. <laughs> remember how after we graduated. The teacher who was like an intern gym teacher in middle school became a full-time gym teacher when my sister was in middle school. And then when my sister got into high school, he started dating one of her friends. And it was like comically illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, not, do, I do remember that. That's not good. Well, you know, we had like four or five gym teachers. So, you know, we, we still got like 80%. 75%. I mean, it was summed up pretty well earlier today when we were hanging out in the backyard, you know, doing the Oktoberfest thing. And I'd met this person once before at, at a, me and the wonderful Reagan's wedding is a, one of one of her friend's partners. And he's from the, the Baltimore area. And he was like, oh, you're from Maryland, too? And I was like, he, I was like yeah. He's like, what, what party are you from again? I was like, oh, Cecil County. He was like, oh. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's kind of yeah. how you, when you hear about the gym teacher thing, you're just like. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not surprised, but I'm also not happy. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty upset, but like, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's not the only, I guess, teacher we knew that that did that kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) We don't condone that. Big time. We do not condone that. That gets a hard no from us. 
There's no ambiguity. That's a big no-no. Yeah, exactly. Road Sodas gives that uh, 13 thumbs down. Cause 13 because it's spooky because it's Halloween. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite song to listen to in gym class? Because, you know, this is back in the days of, of where you get the, the C-Cell boombox playing. I remember a lot of Shania Twain. Honestly, it was probably... Uh, there was a shitload of Shania. I heard Shania all the time. It was probably Fatboy Slim. Ooh, okay. Probably one of those uh, one of those real FIFA jams. Yeah. That was probably... I mean, Sandstorm hit at the dances that we had to go to. I was always the guy requesting Sandstorm at the dances by Darude. <laughs> but uh, I'm that's aware that that's... That's a pretty intense EDM song at the at the at the time. Yeah. But for more of a gym for an athletic event. Go with the Fat Boy Slim, very FIFA. That was on the FIFA soundtrack, very FIFA appropriate. Yeah, I can think about it, Shania. Oh, Shania. Mm-hmm. Man. Feel like a woman. Bum 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 bum. So Reagan, uh, before we lived together, she had a place with a, a big backyard down in San Mateo, California. Had a, had a very large garden back there. All right. Ended up holding a harvest fest. Okay. And in addition to, it was the first time I'd seen kegs out in California. I was very excited, although it turned out to be, her friends brought some kegs over. It ended up being a keg of cider and a keg of kombucha, <laughs> which staggering. Were those like the, the fill-your-own kegs, like the Cornelius kegs? I really don't. Uh, no, no, they were they were they were half kegs. They were half. They weren't full size. They were half kegs. Yeah, but they but, they they weren't fill your own though. They they okay. were purchased. But I mean, I didn't really know what kombucha was at the time, so I was just like, okay, that. I guess I'm just in it now. But more importantly, uh, she asked if if the throw ups, the the band that I'm in out here, could perform, and we figured that wouldn't be. That's a we're in a kind of a noise punk band. That wouldn't be right. So we went as the spit ups. It was me and Tim, just acoustic guitars, so we, we didn't have the drummer. That's why we're the spit-ups. We're a lesser version of the throw-ups. Mm-hmm. And we did mostly 90s female-fronted pop covers. And I was fully prepared for Man, I Feel Like a Woman to be the one that brought the house down. I was like, this is, this is the, we're going to do this, and people are going to fucking melt. And it turns out it was Since You've Been Gone... By Kelly Clarkson was the one, and you're not. You knew you. You're nodding because you knew. Of course, like you saw the flaw in my logic before I even got there. You knew it. I was a rube. I was young. Yeah. Well, Shania was just a you know a little bit more adult contemporary. Yep. yep. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson speaks to our generation, man. Yeah. She also sings she "Just is. Out of My Range." Yep. Barely. Other than that, I'm a perfect Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> yep. I agree. But I for agree. those at home, I was doing the lead vocals. So just imagine this doing Torn by Natalie and Brulia. Just imagine this. Just imagine it. Just drink it in. You well, could have been there. You weren't. Next time. It's all right. The, the spit Hardest ups, season now. The spit-ups are looking for booking opportunities. Well, I got I got a bunch of stuff to harvest. I don't know if we can have a party. We can always have a party. Okay, yeah. Now, I don't think we're done with middle school by any stretch of the imagination because we haven't talked about our horrific teacher who got teacher of the year. But 
I feel like we should uh, we got we got enough time to bring up the fact that uh, at the beginning of eighth grade, September eleventh, two thousand one occurred. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was a weird one because of the way we were given the information. Yes, you know it, it started off like a normal day, like just like every you know recounting of this story does. Yep. Uh but yeah, we I don't think we were supposed to find out until you know they made the announcement over the loudspeaker that everybody was was going to be going home early. Yes. But <laughs> we were in I think our first class of the day, like math class. That's when it started, but I remember everybody getting sent home during the class with the teacher who did the cheese eraser thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that because that was like the next class. Yes, yeah, but, the first class was when we found out that a thing had happened. Yes, the ma- in math class with yeah. with the horrible woman who'd won teacher of the year. You know, she she was a, another one of those hard graders that I think we we have to look back and appreciate because like not everybody you deal with in your life is going to be excellent. Nah, there's a word for her, and the word is piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah, I was thinking of a shorter word. <laughs> But yeah, it's one right. word. It's one word, and that word is piece of shit. <laughs> but um, so Pro- the, proceed. I, well, I I don't know how how like the, the administration found out, but they made the clever decision because they were in the know first. Like all the other teachers and students were just in school learning, just like the rest of America who wasn't watching TV, and so they found out. And I guess they sent somebody around with like a printout, and just, just, just like very, very conspicuously, just handing handing out this printout to each teacher. And so our teacher got it and was just like, apparently, two planes have flown into uh, the World Trade Center in New York, and like put it on her desk and continued teaching. It was like, whew. all right. <laughs> And because of that, the gravity of what happened didn't really sink in for me at all. But kids started, I, I remember vividly, kids started getting called out of class. Yeah, their parents are coming to pick them up. Well, and other kids started freaking out because they were like, my dad works in Wilmington, Delaware. Is he mm-hmm. going to be safe? And it's like, even as a kid, I was like, if someone's attacking New York, they're not attacking Delaware. Like, yeah. fuck off. I, I expressed that my dad was one of the ones who came to, to pick me up uh, before the buses ended up taking us home. But I just remember saying to him, it was like, okay, so, like, we get it. Like, terrorists probably caused this, but why are us middle schoolers in Cecil <laughs> County getting sent home early? I guess I just didn't make that connection. Dad was like, huh, all right, <laughs> well. We're near a nature reserve. It's a high-value target. I guess so. Natural resources management area, man. You think these trees just go on trees? No. (laughs) Terrorists hate those trees and must burn them to the ground. We could be under attack at any moment. In fact, if you look historically, a plane crashed... 30 miles away in the 70s and they ended up building a neighborhood where all my friends live (laughs) yep you gotta gotta watch out ball lightning and and islamic terrorists are are one in the same (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, but I remember, I remember then being like, even then feeling lesser than, but being like, damn it, I got to go home on the goddamn bus and all these kids have parents with jobs in the city when the city was like hokessin. It was, they're like, my, my dad, my dad once went to Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, seriously. <laughs> We got bagels in Jersey City last summer on the way home from a vacation. Uh. <laughs> Just remember being like, guys, look, We're I'm very stupid because I'm in eighth grade. But like, if if terrorists attack here, they've made a calculated error. Like they're way the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they missed the target. By, like, hundreds of miles. By a state. (laughs) Well, we ended up getting to the next class. Yep. And we were just like, hey, what's going on up in New York? We heard some shit, and then the teacher kept kept teaching. And she was like, she told you she wasn't supposed to tell you. I was like, "Uh, well, we know now. Yeah, and then and, eventually, and so we we were asking her because I, she was cooler. She wasn't a piece of shit. She was a quote. I'll give you some cheese to rub on your assignments, kind of a teacher. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, she knew she knew some Lincoln Park lyrics, and eventually, you know, everybody finds out because we're basically loudly asking, like, "Hey, what's going on? We heard uh, some planes flew into some buildings up in New York." And then we just turned on the TV. Like, yeah. That was, like, we gave up. I'm not even going to pretend that I knew what the Twin Towers were b- b- the day before then. Like, I, I, I doubt I'd ever heard of them. But I do remember them wheeling in that TV. Because this is when you still had to wheel in a TV. Because TVs were like a rented piece of equipment per class. Like, I'm sure she had to check that TV out. Yeah, the audiovisual guy. Yeah. And we just watched the news, which was the, the, the towers burning. And it was just sort of like, I, I remember it didn't hit me because, I mean, I was a, like, we were in eighth grade. It was just like, like your, your perception is just not developed. Like I, I'd never been to New York. Not that that you, you can feel empathy for a place you've never been, but like in eighth grade, it's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know how big that building is. I don't know any, like I'm, I'm, I wanted to make fart jokes at lunch today. That was my goal was I was going to try to trade my carrot sticks and peanut butter for a ho-ho. That was the end all be all of the day going and, into it. And then, yeah, you come out and like, you know, adults basically like our, you know, our our models, our authority figures, like they have no idea what the fuck is going on. I remember, I remember just like observing that, and I was like, "Wow, everyone's idiots, huh?" Like us too, but like, damn. yeah. I remember thinking, like, how can they not curb how many people are getting pulled out of school? Like, because it was a constant, it was a stream of of being like. Can we get such, like, can we get such and such uh, sent down to the office to get picked up? And, like, all this shit. And I remember just being like, I thought they had a limit on the amount of kids that could get sent home in a day. Which is, of course they don't. That's dumb. Like, I don't know why the fuck I thought that. But it was just like, 
why aren't they just being like, nah, that's enough kids that went home. That's too many kids going home. Then you realize it's because they, they knew more than we did. Yeah, I was just They're such just an idiot. They keeping us in the fucking dark. Exactly. But even then, it was like, I mean, sure, it makes sense to go home, but also does it? I mean, we didn't know anything, but in retrospect, it's like they're not attacking rural Maryland. Although, I guess that one plane did crash in rural Pennsylvania. So, yeah. you know, who the fuck? But I remember being a very interesting day. It was. I mean, well, we had a, like a similar day to President Bush. It's like he got the news and then he kept talking to that class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not long before. I think the weekend before then. Literally the weekend before then, I'd gone on my first ever non-parentally supervised trip to visit my big brother from Big Brothers Big Sisters, who had just moved to South Carolina. Nice. And, like, my mom walked me to the gate, because you could do that then, like, right to the gate. And then she was like, this is the nice woman who works for the airline who's going to get you to your seat. And I got to my seat. And she checked in with me on the flight. And at the end of the flight, she walked me to the end of, like, the jetway. And then my big brother picked me up at the end of the jetway just because that's how... You could do it. Yeah. And then at the end of the weekend, the reverse happened. And then the next weekend, you could never do that ever again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, wild. Just, just wild. Yeah. Now, we're pretty much at the end on time. So what I'm going to do, James, is you haven't, uh, seen, you haven't seen these. How do you know? Because I haven't showed them to you. All right. Now, this is a segment I'm calling Present Company Excluded. Present Company Excluded. Present Company Excluded. And the reason for the name is that, as mentioned, while recording, we've just passed my first year anniversary. While you're listening, it's it's been about a month past that. And honestly, fuck you for not saying congratulations. But in my search for gifts for Ray... Now, now, the first year, I had to look this up, because why the fuck would I know this? The first year anniversary, traditionally paper. Now, what the fuck is that? Who gives a shit? Who cares? All that aside, I I made her a card, because that's what you do. I also got her a present that are none of these. What these are, are presents that I stumbled upon while I just kind of searched for ideas. All right. that's, I feel like a lot of people do that. They kind of search. You get some inspiration. What have other people given uh, for this type of celebration? What can I give? I think I think I get the title now. All right. Sweet. So present meaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pre- you get it. And company. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to start off with here, all of these, I'm going to remind you as we go, all of these are gifts for her. None of these are gifts for him. These are all gifts for her. For an an anniversary. Now, some of these are are not necessarily for a wedding anniversary. They could be a dating anniversary. But they're all for her. Now, the first one we have here, and I saw a ton of these. I just took a picture picture of one. It's a switchblade that has an engraving on it. And it says, you will forever be my always love you more. (laughs) That's engraved on on, on the hill. Now... Love you more. Now, that's a threat. That's not... You have to go out of your way to make that a sweet saying. If if you take the time, if you you read it ahead of time, you can go, you will forever be my always. Love you more. You you can do that. Yeah, that's that's relatively innocuous. But engraved onto a blade is... 
But if you hand someone a blade, the first way they read it is, you will forever be my always love you more. (laughs) That's, that's what's going through their, through their head. Yeah. Yeah. Like a toy box killer. Now, now this one, also a ton of these available on Etsy, on Etsy and, and, and things like it, but go ahead and please, please feel free to notice the price as I show it to you. This is a personalized hammer. Mm-hmm. Wow. For $28, not including shipping. And it says, for the life we are building together. And then it has a date. Okay. Now that's a hammer. Mm-hmm. Now, could you imagine giving a loved one a engraved shitty hammer? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on who's giving it to her. Right. Now, look, I'm a woodworker. Yeah. I build things. Out yeah, of you'd, you'd appreciate something like that, but you're not a her. You don't identify as her. Well, here's the thing. If I wanted a hammer and I asked for a hammer and then someone gave me a hammer that somebody had burned a bunch of words into, I'd be upset. I'd be like, mm-hmm. that's I asked for a hammer, not, not a damaged hammer. What okay. the fuck is this? Now, the coup de grace, the piece de resistance, I must reiterate. It's, it's in the description. This is a gift for her, although... The specific description says boyfriend gift for husband, long distance, and then it it trails off and it's long distance girlfriend gift is what the rest of it's not shown on the image. Okay. Now, there's going to be a brief pause in the audio because I'm just going to show James and let him let him react. I want you I want you to read it and describe it to the listener. Yeah, sure. All right. So when this candle is lit, give me that dick. And so it's it's a a gift for husband, um, but yeah, it it's it seems to be you know a a very passive aggressive you know sex candle. I want to point out the problem with a boyfriend gift for a husband as that's that's the initial. Mm-hmm. T- what is that boyfriend gift for a hu- well you know? Look again, no judgment. I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum. That's got to be a small amount of people that are husbands with boyfriends who are buying them gifts. Like, of course that exists. Of course that exists. But why would you narrow your search engine optimization to that? Maybe now, they're casting a wider net, man. You don't know. Well, now the rest of the title is long distance gift girlfriend, which means the implication here being I am going to buy this candle. I don't even know what the fuck smell it's going to be. This blank ass fucking candle. Yeah, it probably smells like sex stank. And I'm going to give it to the to the special lady in my life and tell her, hey, you know how it's always hard to tell when I want to fuck? We can now eliminate any ambiguity by you simply lighting this candle and then I'll know. Like, that's... N- Don't use your words or actions. Well, nope. use your actions, just just use a lighter. To light well, that's the candle. thing about spontaneity is like, ooh, I'm in the mood. You know what? Let me go track down a book of matches. Let me go hit up 7-Eleven, get myself a couple of taquitos while I'm there, and say, hey, you got a book of matches? Oh, are they 10 cents now? In that case... Let me get a big lighter. You got any of them that say, uh, you got like an eagle, uh, soaring? Let me get one of the, it's five bucks. Uh, how much the book of matches was 10 cents? You know what? I don't even want to fuck anymore. I think, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got this book that I'm thinking about. I don't even want to, you know what? I'm gonna break up with him. He got me a candle on the stove. He got me a candle. (laughs) 
that implies that I don't fuck him enough as a gift. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, yeah, boy, absolute boy insanity. Mm, yes. You know, it, it could be the right candle, though, with the right scent. Now, needless to say, Reagan hasn't even lit the damn candle yet. <laughs> it's just a Dude. bit uh-huh. of a bit of a joke there for, for you guys at home. That's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, road sodas brought to you by. Uh, erectile dysfunction. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that'll pretty much bring us to the end here. Wee 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 wee. We'll get into more uh, spooky stuff next time, <laughs> since <laughs> it'll be early November. The graveyard smash. Hell yes. Um, yeah. Well. I got my uh, my Halloween costume all picked out. You got yours? I think so. What are you going as? I am going as myself because we don't go outside anymore. And so Halloween will be spent inside. That's fair. That's better than mine. <laughs> I mean, I have a Nixon mask. So worst comes to worst, I'll just go rob a bank as Nixon. I love it. That's, yeah. Then it's a movie reference. You got a whole situation covered. Yeah, really, really. I'm not doing a Nixon. I'm doing a Patrick Swayze. Absolutely. Dead presidents. We love it. <laughs> that was a fun sound. What was that? So that was, if I'm not mistaken, somebody overloading a Vespa trying to go <laughs> up our hill. It sounded like a goddamn didgeridoo. <laughs> yep. That there's a couple of those that that tool around our neighborhood just cannot handle the hill or or like are really wearing themselves out. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, now that it's time to sign off, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna go for Halloween. I want to do something for the kids, so I'm gonna go as Jeffrey Epstein. And as we say every week, Jimbo's got some parting words for us, some some pieces of wisdom. What do we have to sign everybody off on, Jimbo? And go. <laughs> beautiful and as we say every week go fuck yourself god fuck us everyone